Hello, I'm Milton Jones. Incredible to think, isn't it, that the Chinese language started off as English in England, then one person whispered it to another person. <laughs> Prit isn't the best lip salve I've ever used. But I couldn't complain. So here I am, Milton Jones, speech therapist to the future king. So wash your mouth out and read my lips as I project another case of Milton Jones. Milton, this is marvellous. The opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics. Yeah, but have you noticed that old couple who've just barged their way in and are acting like they're royalty? Milton, have you met the Queen? <laughs> yes, ma'am. No idea. She's saying she's delighted to meet Milton Jones, the royal family's new speech therapist. Ah, I've got my work cut out then, haven't I? Yes. And she's most grateful for the help you've given Prince William on this, the occasion of his first major public speech. Exactly. This speech of William's is as important as the one my father gave back at Wembley in 1925. I know the eyes of over a billion people are upon him, ma'am, but let me assure you, Milton's work wonders on Prince William's diction, and I've written a moving but straightforward speech. So I rewrote it. What? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Too late. It is a great honour to welcome you all here to London. So far, so good. This stadium is a wonderful achievement. After all, if it had not been built... Come on, Your Highness. ...round the... Ragged rock. <laughs> the ragged rascals would have run. Yes! Oh no. Round and round that rock, running those unruly relay racing ragged rascals ragged. Excellent. Really riotously running. Milton. Okay, Your Highness, go to the big finish. <clears throat> but this occasion is a time where the people of the world can celebrate togetherness and unity. Excellent. Which is why it is my duty to inform you. Like we practiced. That we are now at war with Germany. <laughs> Milton, the Queen looks angry. Uh, plan B, Your Highness. Sorry, we are now at war with Norway. <laughs> plan C! We are now at war with France. As the crowd rise to their feet and applaud, I look around and see the Prince smiling, the Prime Minister panicking, and the Queen taking a swing at Nicolas Sarkozy. <laughs> and I wonder how I got here. I actually have French ancestry. And in fact, one of those ancestors was a nobleman, also fascinated by words and speech. But it often got him into trouble. One beer, if you please. Five. Pardon, monsieur. Uh, five beers or one beer? Five. One. Sacre bleu. Marie, come and help me with this customer. Ten. Oh, bof. Do you not know who this person is? Nine. I can see he's a nobleman. Six. He is the world count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> he counts every word you say. Thirteen. See? One. But it cannot be him. He was last seen seven years ago when his ship ran aground off Corsica. People say they have seen him, but no one has been able to prove it. I myself would be very surprised if it were him. I always thought he was some sort of legend. Fifty-three. <gasps> well, welcome. Food, sir, or have you eaten? Eight. Please yourself. 
Milton, Milton, Milton Jones. Hey. Ever since, my family has been obsessed with words and speech. My dad was a teacher in Australia, where he taught English as a foreign language. <laughs> they say a lot of people who were transported to Australia weren't actually criminals at all, which is why, even today, a lot of them still insist on putting question marks after their sentences. <laughs> My mum was a teacher in America, where she taught geography as a foreign language. <laughs> as I grew up, I realised I wanted to help people with words, so I applied to the University of Rotterdam for a course in the accuracy of language. After three years in Rotherham, <laughs> I really felt I'd learnt my lesson. But by the time I left, I was highly skilled in the communications industry, helping people and companies to get their message across in as tight and punchy way as possible, without lots of extra padding that would be unnecessary, and in some way get in the way of the message they'd been trying to get across to whoever they were trying to get the message across to. <laughs> My fame grew, and I was asked to present a prestigious prize at the Communication in Transport Awards. And the winner of Station Announcer of the Year is... <laughs> so please come up to the platform to collect your award. I'm sorry, there's been a change of platform. Your journey to collect the award has been rerouted through Peterborough. Eventually, I set up a speech therapy centre. But I didn't get much work at first, perhaps because I relied on word of mouth. <laughs> but then, one day, a mysterious woman made an appointment to see me. Hello. Hello. I've tried every speech therapist in London. Sorry, who are you? Oh, you might just call me Mrs Windsor. Barbara. <laughs> You don't look like a boat. Queen Elizabeth of Great Britain, married to Prince Philip. Oh, yes. Weren't you the scrapers who were hanging around at the background in William and Kate's wedding? Well, it's William who needs your help. This was my big chance, to tutor the future King of England. But before I could start, I had to be instructed by an expert in constitutional monarchy. Hello? Welcome. I am, of course, Professor Starkey. Have we met? I don't think so but I feel sure I know which key on the phone pad I'd have to press to get your direct line. Do you mind? I am actually Emeritus Professor Starkey, PhD, QC, MBE, KCMG. Well, it's all very well spelling it out, but how do you pronounce that last bit? <laughs> hmm, sounds about right. <laughs> Wait, you're not that historian off the telly. <sighs> no, that's David Starkey, my little brother, or as we call him at home, Thicky. What are you saying? That he's sick and you've got a lisp? What? <laughs> no, I do not have a lisp. A lisp! Now, they tell me you're a speech therapist. How can I be sure you're not a charlatan? Well, I may be unorthodox, but I've helped hundreds of people using my pioneering scream therapy technique. You make patients scream. How exactly? By reliving childhood trauma? No, by making them watch BBC Three. <laughs> you're the man for us. Now... The Prince's speech at the Olympics is tomorrow, and I'm here to vet every word. Nothing must go wrong. And so here we are, at the Olympics, having just declared war on France. Milton, you blithering idiot! What's Her Majesty going to say? Oh, hello! I just wanted to say well done. This war against France is great fun, isn't it? Yes, indeed, Mum. May I congratulate you on getting Monsieur Sarkozy in such a fine headlock? <laughs> Ta-ra! I'm off to burn down a pity three. <laughs> All right, Jones. 
You got away with it this time, but... Not only that, Milton, but the Queen has another assignment for you. When? Now. She has a son who is a bit of an embarrassment. You mean Andrew? No. Charles? Keep going. Edward? Put them together. Charles and Edward, they formed a band called Chedward. <laughs> there is another son called Herbert. He's been kept hidden in the attic of a secret annex at Balmoral. Now he's 46 and has just passed his GCSEs. So for a prince, he's a genius. Yes. <laughs> but his isolation has caused his voice to become almost unintelligible. So, we have work to do. Jones! Hey! Anton and I made our way to the secret castle by limo, but by Charles got caught up in a tiny demonstration against students, and the car was attacked by Charles and Camilla. <laughs> As we travelled, I couldn't help remembering that Prince Charles was still officially Viceroy of India, which means that one day he'll get to take over the place when Roy of India dies. <laughs> Eventually, we arrived at the castle. Hello, welcome to Balmoral. My name's Amelia. Hello. I'm one of the Queen's ladies-in-waiting. Nice to meet you. No... Milton, this lady waits on the Queen. Not surprised the number of people she stopped to talk to. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, anyway, as a lady in waiting, I can get you whatever you need. Don't hesitate to ask. Okay. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that's just Prince Philip. He's busy hunting stags. There you are! Hold still! Oh, that'll teach them to have their stag weekends round here. <laughs> Your Highness, may I present Milton Jones? He knows about the secrets. Ah, jolly good. So tell me, just how did David Icke find out about us royals all being alien lizards? Uh, no, not that secret. This was one about Prince Herbert? Oh, that secret! No, <laughs> no, ignore my story about us all being lizards. <laughs> uh, relax, that tale has gone away. But I'm sure it'll grow back. <laughs> Why don't we go through? It's this way. This is the east wing. We just need to walk through to the north wing. There's a lot of rubble at the moment, as Prince Charles has been having a free-range poultry farm constructed. Ah, the chicken wing. <laughs> because of the age of the castle, we have to use traditional English builders. How long have they been here? Forty years. Of course. Well, apparently they've got a job on at another castle. Now, Prince Herbert's quarters are just through here. Remember, he hasn't had a normal relationship with his family. He's been living in a vacuum. Wow, living in a hoover. My mum tried to kill me with one of those once She says she didn't But I definitely remember seeing the words Die son coming towards me <laughs> Herbert, you have visitors? Hello, your highness I'm here to help you with your speech Perhaps you could just talk? Mm, ah, I see Maybe just talk about what you've done today What you've had for breakfast would you like to watch a bit of BBC Three? <laughs> no, Milton, wait. Why is he pointing at his foot? Why, it looks like a nail. Oh, thank God for that. Cheers, Gov, that's much better. Uh, Prince Herbert? Yeah, that's the one. Blimey, that nail's been giving me jip all morning. Now then, let's ring the bell and have a nice cup of tea, shall we? Oh, Your Highness? Cup of splosh, four sugars, darling. You lot want anything? Of course, sir. 
It's so sad. Why does he talk like this? I have a theory. Your, Your Highness, have you by any chance had any contact, however small, with those English builders over the last 40 years? What, you mean Norris, Bez, Mucky Mick and Dave the Spanner? Quite so. Yeah, I spent hours sitting around watching them all do all that hard work and that. Perfect training for a prince. Milton. Oh, Milton, you, you must be able to do something for the prince. The Queen wants him to troop the colour in two weeks' time. He just needs acclimatisation. We could send him on a mini royal tour somewhere. Maybe even recommission the royal yacht H. MS Britannia, take it out of mothballs. No, I could never forgive myself if it was eaten by a giant moth. <laughs> and so we flew to Fiji in the hope that Prince Herbert would stop talking like a builder. I can still remember the look on their faces when we stepped out of his official vehicle. <gasps> of course, they'd never seen a white van before. <laughs> I also remember thinking to myself, heat. Heat, nothing but heat. I wish I'd brought some other magazines with me. (laughs) We returned to London in time for the Trooping of the Colour. Prince Herbert was to be saluted by his regiment. Professor Starkey was waiting for us. Ah, there you are. Right, let me fill you in on the historical background. Relax, I know all about royal history. Edward VIII had to abdicate over his relationship with Wallace and Gromit. (laughs) It's far more complicated than that. For instance, these royal fusiliers are missing a button on their tunics to symbolise their participation at the Battle of Sebastopol. And the 5th Royal Guards Battalion wear the famous bearskin hats. Ah, and here are the Norfolk Highlanders arriving now with a, with a new uniform. I say, their, uh, their trousers seem strangely low-slung. Uh, it was Prince Herbert's idea to honour his building colleagues, whose trousers don't go quite high enough at the back. Is that what they mean by a crack regiment? <laughs> Prince Herbert, here are your troops. Here, hold up. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. There's Dave the Spanner. Here? Yeah. Nice one. All right, give us a tick. Listen, I've got to run. Trooping another colour down in Chertsey. So, uh, I'll tell you, I'll be back when I can. End of the week, all right? Um, well, actually... End of next, definitely. Later. Well, that's perfect. Now we don't have a prince for the parade. True. Of course, no-one knows what Prince Herbert actually looks like. Anyone could fill in for him as long as they were well-spoken and trusted by the royals, and, and no-one would ever know. Anton, why don't you become the prince? Oh, no. I could never leave my family. Not after what happened to my grandfather. One day, he ate four cauliflowers, two cans of baked beans and a jar of gherkins, and then went missing. So as a family, we all made an emotional appeal for him not to come back for at least a fortnight. So can he be the prince or not? No. Milton, can you ride a horse? Yes, despite the naysayers. Now, the crucial thing is not to just get on this particular horse and shout giddy up and ride off, because it will bolt, and all the other horses are trained to follow it. Giddy up! Can't help feeling you walked into that one. Uh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine, as long as he doesn't lead the regiment over Tower Bridge, which is automatically treated as a challenge to the throne and results in automatic prosecution for treason and the death penalty. I think we should probably get a taxi. Taxi! And so we met at Tower Bridge, which I'd crossed with my regiment. I hadn't intended to, but Anton was shouting something at me from the other side, and I couldn't hear him properly. <laughs> And that's why Tower Bridge must be avoided at all costs. You'll be accused of treason and sentenced to death. Well, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. No, Milton! (laughs) And so we fled London. 
we found ourselves in Middle England, where it all seemed very quiet and peaceful. Hello? 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 Hello there. Uh, would you mind not shouting? We don't really have shouting in Little Compton on the green. Oh, sorry. But welcome to our humble village anyway. We're the Hansfords. I'm Stephen, my wife Anne. Hello. I must say, it's very quiet round here. It must be where the silent majority live. Is that right? We'd rather not say. <laughs> well, most of us wouldn't. <laughs> Told you. Now, I couldn't help noticing you dress like a prince and you've got an entire mounted battalion of cavalry with you. You, you see, we'd heard that the police were looking for a language and grammar specialist and he's going to be hung. Hanged, not hung. <laughs> Hanged is the past tense of the intransitive verb when applied to a person or persons. Oh, I say, did you hear that, darling? Well, you certainly know your grammar. I don't care who you are, I'm going to make some scones. Or should that be scones? <laughs> Well, finally, someone with the one thing we look for in a leader. Correct grammar. And so I was crowned King of Middle England at 6.30 sharp with drinks and nibbles to follow. I even sent out an invitation to the Royal Society for Protection of Verbs, the RSVP. <laughs> but they didn't reply. <laughs> All the villagers were there and I was about to be crowned King. And Amelia would be my queen-in-waiting. Anton, for the first time in my life, I feel as if I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm ready to become a king, to become twice my previous size. No, Milton, you're thinking of drafts. Ah. <laughs> Just give your speech. The people of Middle England await. People of Middle England, I address you as your king. If I speak like this, it's because I flicked some ink on my speech, and now there are full stops everywhere. Yeah, try this clean one. As your king, I will govern you without... What's that? Hesitation. Hesitation. <laughs> but above all, I will be speaking clearly and grammatically correctly at all times. <laughs> I vow to never split infinitives. Whoa. Sorry, sorry. I vow never to split infinitives or end a sentence with a preposition. In short, I want to be the kind of king of whom you can be proud. Hey! Of. <laughs> Thank you. Now here is St. Winifred's School Choir to sing our new national anthem. Grandma, we love you. <laughs> and so my reign began. At first everything went well. The whole kingdom was polite and decent. Even burglars left notes saying, we tried to burgle you, but you were in. <laughs> I put Anton in charge of the money, and also the accuracy of my speeches, and I called him the Chancellor of the Spellchecker. Milton, if Middle England is going to be a proper country, we need a sensible, strong currency. We can't pay for things in chocolate coins. You now want our currency to be chocolate coins. Well, I do now, yeah. Anyway, Anton, Milton's already getting industry going. He's started up an organic food company with a royal stamp of approval. Oh, what's it called? I couldn't think of a new name, so I called them Dutchy Unoriginals. <laughs> Biscuits will be £37. £37? I know, we're undercutting them. <laughs> Milton, we should also prepare to defend ourselves. You're still wanted in England. And I've just found out we're at war with Belgium, Sweden and Russia. How did that happen? You remember the other day, we were standing in the war room and Milton kept moving things around on that large map? When we were playing that really big game of risk. 
<laughs> yes, I can see how it might have appeared like that, but suffice to say, <laughs> we're now very unpopular at the UN, and diplomatic relations with England are very tricky. They clearly consider us to be an unstable, corrupt dictatorship. How do you know? They just sent us Prince Andrew. <laughs> Here he is. You know how he likes to fly everywhere. Hi, chaps! Where's the party? Hey, Mine's a pint! And a chaser of beer! Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> meeting adjourned! <laughs> oh, biscuits! <clears throat> Don't worry, someone else will pay for them! Hey! Prince Andrew, fourth in line to the throne. <laughs> right, here we go. Now, you'll probably be needing some tanks. I do feel underappreciated. Well, if you don't mind, Your Highness, we plan to resolve our differences with other nations peacefully. Shall we have a talk about this over at the bar? Sure, fire her up! It, it's only the other side of the room. <laughs> well, here I am. Where's the drink? Actually, just remembered, need to take a slash. Oh, just out the back. So... Um, you're flying low. Of course I am. All oh, right, all oh, right, very low. Whoopsie. <laughs> what must you think of me? Pretty much what I thought before. Anyway, as I was saying, that helicopter. You want one? It's great for getting around. Uh, drink? How about a cocktail? Singapore Sling? Manhattan? Screwdriver? No, got any red wine? No, screwdriver for your helicopter. It's possible. <laughs> After Prince Andrew left, we had a week to prepare to defend ourselves against an English invasion. So I laboured night and day to create a wonder weapon. After three days, I showed my creation to Anton. Behold! Looks like a bomb. It's an H-bomb. Milton! When you drop it, it makes everyone drop their H's. <laughs> It'll be devastating. Ah, this is not quite what I was expecting. Very well then. I didn't want to have to do this, but I'm going to press the red button. Milton, no! That'll just access extended coverage of the golf. Terrific shot that from Tiger Woods. Straight over the top of the brook. He's dropped it in right down. After I woke up from the golf, I realised the invasion was imminent. So there was no alternative. I would lead a preemptive strike on England. And so there I was, at the head of a column of Middle Englanders, all armed with rolled up copies of the Times 2 section. I drove an Ocado van packed with pomegranates that I wasn't afraid to use, even if I didn't quite know how. <laughs> we massed on the border, ready to invade at first light, to beat the traffic. <laughs> and so I put some newspaper down, stood on top of my van, and gave the speech of my life. People of Middle England, today is the day when we will rise up and say to the government of England, in no uncertain terms, excuse me, do you mind? <laughs> We demand our rights as Middle Englanders to expect defeat on every sporting occasion. Hey! To be chronically overcharged at farmers' markets. Hey! And to each have our own East European cleaning lady. Hey! So, let's synchronise watches. It is now 9.48 on Sunday morning. So, everyone, forward! Forward! And so, our army rolled into England to face the terrible might of the opposing forces. Excuse me. Yes? 
Do you know what time it is? 9.48. Yeah, well, speaking as a Parks Auxiliary volunteer, I'm here to tell you that being a Sunday, you can't walk a dog, ride a bike, or invade before 10am. Oh, no, 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 come back, everyone, come back. We don't want to cause a scene. But he's just one man. Yes, but he's got a hat. And a badge. Oh, look, he's starting to write our number plate down in his notebook. Run! And so I was arrested and taken to London and charged with treason and international warmongering. At first, I refused to tell them anything. But then they threatened me with the Hague. Talk, or I'll tell you all about William Pitt the Younger for ten hours straight. And so I begged to be taken to the Tower of London and executed. And so I arrived at the Tower of London itself, where countless people before me had been incarcerated. Mary, Queen of Scots, Anne Boleyn, Sir Walter Raleigh, and now William Hague for crimes against drumming. Sorry. So I sat in my cell... And suddenly, some visitors arrived. Milton! Amelia! Anton! Milton, we need to talk about... Oh, hello, Mr. Haig. We need to talk about how to get you out of this. You've been found guilty without trial. Worst of all, you've been given the death penalty. The only mercy you have been shown is choosing your method of execution. Very well. I choose death by chocolate. Hello, Milton. You're looking at the menu for your last meal. Now, well, I'll have that for pudding. My final meal was a complete disaster. I'd chosen the main course because it seemed to offer me the chance of a speedy getaway. Sadly, the rocket salad was a bitter disappointment. <laughs> the really awful thing is that if only we could get to the Queen, she would be lenient. Oh, Milton, all is lost. Oh, blimey! It's all right, Barry, we're through! Here, hold up, what's going on here? Prince Herbert! Oh, it's you lot! Looks like we're not through too far, sorry about this. Was doing an extension in Romford, got carried away. <laughs> Wait till Nosha hears about this. <laughs> Milton, this is our chance to escape. Escape? What's going on? Milton is being executed for treason after riding the Norfolk Highlanders across the Tower Bridge. Oh, I shouldn't worry about that. I'll get Mum to do a royal you what? You mean a royal pardon? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Did you hear that, Milton? <laughs> Herbert will get you a royal you what? Pardon? Exactly. Quick, follow Herbert down the tunnel. Can I come with? No. <laughs> We ran through a series of underground tunnels that Herbert had made on previous jobs, and soon we were standing in Buckingham Palace itself. Here we are, the magnificent 17th century throne room. Yeah, I tell you what, though, that lintel's not looking too clever, is it? What are you all doing here? And Amelia, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. See how you like it. Milton, shh. <laughs> Your Majesty, on behalf of Milton, I beg for clemency. Yes, all right. But only if you can teach Prince Herbert how to speak properly. Then I fear our request is in vain. Oi, oi, Milton. What's this green leafy stuff? That's a rocket. Ah. Tell you what, that, that is something really quite special. It's peppery, isn't it? But not too much. It needs, um... Yes. Yes? Yes? It needs... Balsamic vinegar? Milton, you've done it! <laughs> well done, Your Highness. Thank you, Milton. From now on, I want you to be my... Well, there's no such thing as a gentleman-in-waiting, is there? I, I just need someone to fetch things like the balsamic. Your Highness, how about I become your gentleman-in-waitrose? 
That was another case of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones, Tom Goodman-Hill, Lucy Montgomery and Dave Lamb. It was written by Milton Jones and James Carey, and the music was by Guy Jackson. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for BBC Radio 4. And listen again next time when you can catch another case of Milton Jones. (laughs) 